0: For many Canadians who grew up in cities, the connection with agriculture and rural life is merely what they drive past on the highway or the produce they buy from the store. But for others, it's a story of their family history. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. In part two of our look at their feature Abandoned Saskatchewan, I talked to Saskatoon star Phoenix sports editor Kevin Mitchell about growing up on his family farm, his return to the abandoned property and what the decline of rural Saskatchewan means to him. Don't forget, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite shows. We'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Kevin, the feature that you and your colleagues at the Star Phoenix have worked on looks at the state of life in rural Saskatchewan or what that means for the identity of the province. But for you, it's also a very personal story. What's your family's history in farm life in Saskatchewan?
1: My family has a, on my mother's side, has a very deep connection to the land in Saskatchewan. My great-grandfather and great-grandmother, they lived in the States, I think in North Dakota or Minnesota, I can't remember which one, but maybe even both. But they ended up moving up to Saskatchewan a long, long time ago, more than a century ago now. And in 1922, they moved from Prince Albert out to the farm where my family kind of established roots. They bought this farm property. They pushed back the bush and, and the growth that had kind of grown up near the house and kind of made this big, fairly large living area of around 10 acres, as well as the fields that they farmed mm-hmm. and they stayed in the family ever since. I mean, right now the property is still owned by a by cousin, but the yard site itself has been abandoned. Um, nobody lives there anymore and it's really gone back to nature. But um, there is just this long connection to this piece of land that, that has gone back to
0: 1922. You lived on that property for a period, right? How long were you there?
1: Yeah, so I was there from the time I was eight till probably, I mean, you know, my college years, I come back for the summers and so on. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I I kind of lived there up till probably I was 20 or so. Okay. My most important formative years were spent on that farm. My family didn't farm it, but we had the acreage. My dad worked in the the city up in Prince Albert, but that was home for me. And and I had, you know, a lot of land in which I could roam around and, you know, make discoveries and and do all kinds of things. It, It was a great place to grow up.
0: Now, what were some of your fondest memories of your time?
1: But there, there's so many of them. I, I think mostly we I had an aunt and uncle who also lived on the property. My aunt was a widow; her husband had died in the early '70s, and she'd lived there, you know, since 22 when when the family moved in. And then I had an, an uncle who was her brother, and he was also uh, living there on the property. He'd spent his life there as well. It was for him; it was um, he was, had a very tight connection to that land. When we moved in, in the 70s, they bought a mobile home and moved, you know, 30 feet away from us or 100 feet away from us. And we kind of lived this communal life with my aunt and uncle and my family. And as a kid, you had just the freedom to wander and to roam. Um, You know, there's a lot of bush area where I could go in and discover... Antiques that had been left there in the 30s, you know, and and we had a lot of barns out in the back, mm-hmm. barns and different structures that I'd go in and just play in. You know, you can make a, a fort out of a 60 or 70 year old barn, uh, and and we did. <laughs> you know, there was old machinery there that you could kind of play on. We weren't allowed to go near the old dugout. My dad had a very strict rule that we weren't allowed to go within thirty yards of the dugout in case yeah. we fell in. But otherwise we kind of had the run of the place. And and as a kid, as a kid, there's very few better ways to grow up than having ten acres
0: just to play on. Now you said you you were essentially there till you were about twenty, coming home for summers. At what point did your parents sell the property to your cousin?
1: They sold the property around '92, I think it was, and my dad had been commuting into Prince Albert for work. It was a half-hour commute, not always easy to do in the winters when you're driving on country roads and stuff like that. And yeah. and so he just decided it was time to leave. And at that point, a cousin I think kind of wanted to keep it in the family. He didn't have any use for the yard site, but just wanted to keep the property in the family. And it was, I guess, it provided a little bit of access to him too on to both sides of the farmland on either side. So for him, it kind of made sense to have the property at the time. And there's just nobody though, who's really wanted to live there ever since it's it's kind of that rural Saskatchewan story where some of these places just go to seed after a while because there's just nobody to live there. So yeah, it all kind of started in 92 as as far as the abandonment of the property. I think my brother might've lived there for a year or so afterwards for a little bit, but Mm -hmm. apart from that, it's been empty.
0: Now, despite the fact that it it stayed in the family, how hard was it for you to kind of let go of that piece of your life and, and having lived there for that many years?
1: I think about that place a lot, and I have for many years. I haven't gone back a lot, in part because I knew it would make me kind of sad. I went back probably five or six years later and wandered around a little bit. And And back then, it hadn't grown in the way it has at this point. The buildings were still standing in the back. Right now, they've collapsed, but they were still standing in the back at the time. And I had this chance to kind of reconnect again. And that was the last time I was there. I hadn't been back since, you know, I finally went back in August for the story that I wrote on this. And it was pretty emotional because you remember very vividly, you have all these different childhood memories, you know, here's where I was when I did this, you know, here's where I used to hit baseballs, you know, mm-hmm. here's a power line where I used to, you know, kick footballs over it and pretend I was kicking field goals. And you kind of remember all that stuff. And now it's just so grown in that a lot of it is almost unrecognizable. It's quite a bit of a sad thing, but it's also a thing where you realize that, hey, sometimes nature just has to take over and that's what happened in this case and there's not much you can do about it.
0: I think that's one of the things that struck me most about your piece was just having a personal connection to the property and going back there. And it seems like you hadn't been back in quite a while, just the way that you wrote it. You know, As someone who who grew up in Alberta, but grew up in the city driving between Edmonton and Calgary to visit family, you always pass by these farm properties that had probably been there long before highway two ever showed up (laughs) and over the years you kind of watch the buildings themselves decline and you get a sense of kind of time passing but you don't get a sense of the personal story of a life that has transpired or lives that have transpired on this property what struck you the most going back there for this piece
1: yeah i mean for me a lot of it was just knowing the people who had poured so much of their lives into this property You know, I had an uncle who spent time at a mental hospital in in the 1940s, and when he got out, he knew he never wanted to go back again, and he never left the property after that. He spent the next 40-plus years on that property. It was the only place in the world that he felt safe. You know, he worked that land, and he loved gardening, and he made the place beautiful. It was just this part of his life and a way for him to kind of express his creativity. And so, you know, people would never know about him, right? If you drive by and you see this old place, you you don't think that, that somebody had once poured as much love into that property as my uncle had you know i have another uncle too who spent his life there and it was the same thing where it was just he was kind of an amateur scientist and he um, you know discovered a lot of things uncovered a lot of things you know made plant hybrids and went looking for arrowheads and ax heads and things like that and for him too it was just a part of who he was and so you don't think about these people when you drive by these abandoned places right you don't think about the stories that were told there that happened there You know, the sad stories, the happy stories, it's just kind of an empty place at this point. But at one point, you know, it was alive with people. And I'm sure there are still people who hold memories of a lot of these places, just like I do. You know, I can remember a lot of things about this, but there's also things I have no idea happened there before we got there Mm -hmm. um, in the decades before, but they were just as important to those people then as, you know, the things that are happening to you and me today are to us.
0: As someone who grew up there, what are your thoughts about the changes to rural Saskatchewan, changes to the agriculture sector? and how that's impacted the province over the last 50, 60, 70 years.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can see it when you're driving, right? You'll go out on any rural road in in Saskatchewan, sometimes even, you know, the major highways, and you'll see places that people just don't live in anymore. And a part of me just, you know, feels sad about it, you know, because you know how much life there had been there at one time. But on the other hand, I guess it's just kind of part of life. Things change and I'm I'm a guy who doesn't like change. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's tough to see these places when you're driving by and you think about what was and and what could still be. But that's just the nature of living, you know, in in Saskatchewan. You know, the urban-rural split has pretty much reversed itself. You know, there used to be most people in Saskatchewan lived out in the country on farms. Now it's most people in Saskatchewan live in the cities and they're in the towns. Um, And the farms have kind of cleared out a lot. And and, and still, when when I was driving out to the farm, I could still see, you know, there's this place right here. You know, I, I, name the people who live there and I know that they still have a family member who's there and still working that land. And there are still a lot of farms on the area that are being worked just like they always have. And the land's still being worked, but yeah, there's those abandoned yard sites that once meant something. And it, it makes me sad, but I also have kind of, a, I guess, embraced the idea, especially since I was, since I was on the property, mm-hmm. I've kind of embraced the idea that, you know, there's nothing I can do about it and that's just change. And it, it's hard to accept, but it's, uh, it's also just a fact of life.
0: Do you think that the province has kind of caught up to that identity switch that where it was once very much a rural agricultural leaning province, it's become more an urban place or is it still trying to catch up with itself?
1: I think there's still that idea that we're still a very rural province. I think people still kind of think of Saskatchewan, especially outsiders. I think when they think of Saskatchewan, a lot of times they'll think of it still as wheat farms and um, you know people uh, living off the land and that's just not true anymore. You know, so many people now have never been on a combine, you know, they they couldn't tell you what a combine is. And that's just part of the shift. But I think in the province the way a lot of people will look at it, I guess, is just based on on what your past is, you know, did you have family who grew up on a farm? Did you grow up on a farm? Do you have those memories? A lot of people now living in the cities don't have those memories. They never did grow up on a farm. So there's a little bit of that divide too where some of us can look at it very nostalgically because we spent our lives there other people have always been in the cities in prince albert or saskatoon or regina and they just don't quite have that same connection even though i think we all know people obviously who have grown up on farms
0: how important to you do you think it is that people in the province kind of understand that history or that part of life in saskatchewan from before its formation as a province and even in the 115 years since
1: I think it's very important. Um, It's kind of like a lot of things. You know, I think it's important for us to know our history during the First and Second World Wars, you know, and and the massive contributions Saskatchewan, people who actually, you know, went off the farms and went and fought in these wars, you know, and and a lot of them never returned. And, you know, I think any part of history that built this province, I think, is worth remembering. And in this case this was kind of the backbone of this province for the longest time. People who lived on these places and struggled and fought and cleared land and did a lot of things that I don't think a lot of us are capable of doing today. You know, I don't think I can move on to that 10 acres of my ancestors um, cleared out when when they first moved on to that place. I don't don't, don't think I'm capable of doing that. My back would start to hurt in half an hour and I'd be done. (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, I think it's worth remembering what these people did because it's a part of our history and it's not something I don't think we always realize. And we don't remember it because we weren't there. But I think it's worth reading about and hearing about for sure.
0: Part of the feature, you touch on your nephew coming out to take pictures with you. What did that mean to you to have him along to kind of document this return to the property? And what did he say about it? or What were his thoughts about it?
1: Yeah. He was actually the one who kind of started this whole ball rolling. He'd gone back with his dad and my brother back in the spring. They'd gone through it. and I don't think Jordan had, had really been there before. Um, I have kids of my own who I haven't actually brought out to the property uh, and it's something I want to do at some point. But yeah, him and my dad kind of went out there and it was kind of their first time there. And Jordan is an aspiring photographer and just started taking pictures. So I saw some of those pictures and that's when I realized just how bad things had gotten with the house, especially. It was cracked and collapsing and it wasn't in great shape and that's when I kind of realized well wow, I, I think I want to get out there again I got that I had that pull you know where I've always kind of resisted it and it was like I need to get out there so I talked to Jordan and said do you want to come out and take some pictures and he said yeah so he came out with me and uh, as well as another ph- photographer ours, Michelle Berg and we just wandered around and, and I could tell for I mean Jordan he knows the connection to the land right he has that connection even though he never actually lived there he hasn't spent any time there but he told me it was kind of weird to be on this place where He heard stories from his dad and now he can look at it and it doesn't really look like a place people had lived in because it's so overgrown. But on the other hand, he's got his dad telling him these stories and I can can point out, you know, here's where we stood when we were waiting for the school bus and I can do things like that. And even though it doesn't look like a kind of place where you could do those sorts of things, at one time it was. and, And for him, I think it was a bit revelatory that he could see this property, not only the way it is now, but the way it used to be.
0: Well, it's a beautifully written uh, collection of memories and definitely a story that tells the human side of something that's very much a part of the Canadian identity. Kevin, thanks for your time.
1: Hey, thanks very much for this. I appreciate it.
0: 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Kevin Mitchell. More from him at thestarphoenix.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.